episode 24 of the WP Candy Podcast. I'm Ryan. Uh, it's been a couple weeks again, but we're going to skip right over that. Uh, <laughs> uh, joining me today, as normally, as normally, as usually, uh, is Brian Krogsgaard. How are you, Brian? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you are, we were just discussing this, you're on a much faster internet connection than normal, so it should be a solid connection throughout, which... If I remember back, I think 23 might have been one that we had to drop connection once or twice. So, should yeah, be good. The, I think the last podcast we did, uh, I was in a much less ideal uh, podcasting environment. I sure. think I was in a kitchen. Yeah, that, back the the last last podcast would have been somewhere in 2008, I think, <laughs> and that's where you were. A lot's changed since then. So much has changed. Uh, you know. So yeah. Uh, since the last podcast, uh, WordCamp San Francisco happened, so that was fun. That was cool. What's, uh, um, but that's been sort of covered ad nauseum at this point. I don't know if there's that much to talk about with that. What, uh, what have you been up to in the last basically month and a half? What's new in Ryan's life? Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about San Francisco because I didn't get to go. Uh, or yeah, I, I figured you'd be a little bit, at least a little bit bitter about that. Yeah, I'm slightly bitter, but uh-huh. long term, uh, it was definitely for the better um, since sure. since we had the last podcast and right around when WordCamp San Francisco was going on, I actually made my own switch to working on WordPress full-time. So I uh, left a full-time job I had. We, and We need, we need uh, like that, like applause, some like a like <laughs> that cheesy like applause uh, clip to play in the background of that. I'll, I'll work something up. Yeah, get the golf clap in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, working for a uh, development shop here in Birmingham, and they've shifted a lot of their uh, development environment to using WordPress, and we're looking for a WordPress developer, and that's what I do. So it's uh, been a few weeks, and it's been very exciting, definitely a lot of fun, challenging. So awesome. uh, happy to be working in WordPress full-time. Very cool. Very cool. What have you been up to? Uh, I moved as well. Uh, well, moved, like, actual living, didn't move jobs, I'm still doing WP Candy, but I moved, um, a small move, but uh, got me a bit bigger office since I work from home, and, um, you know, normal WP Candy stuff, work on some new stuff to launch, which actually, you know, I was thinking about this just actually now, since we got this going, that stuff that we're announcing tomorrow on the site, I'm thinking, since I normally, it takes me until, like, <laughs> a day to get these things edited, I think maybe, like, if we have time at the end, I might mention it, we can briefly touch on that i dare you to do it dare me to because then because then i won't feel bad about taking 12 to, to 15 hours to edit it down and get it published <laughs> uh, on a good on a good episode you're just planning for reality exactly might as well right uh there are some advantages to not uh to not streaming the podcast so yeah so normal normal stuff for me um uh it was a lot of fun in san francisco i'm probably going to be taking a break for WordCamps or on WordCamps for a little bit, just because that is that was a, a lot of traveling to do in a relatively short amount of time. Um, I think the next one will probably be uh, WordCamp Philly in November, so I'm uh, going to have a little bit of a break until then. Good. Yep. But in WordPress news, there's been actually quite a bit of stuff going on. Uh, do you have, like, a, a preference? I mean, what do you want to talk about? Um. I think the my favorite story recently is the Jigashop WooThemes 
uh, Forking Saga. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are we skipping your announcement? Are you? Are you oh, if we, if we have time at the end, then I'll okay. get to it. That way, that way, if I if I decide to uh, publish this earlier, I can easily chop it out. I got gotcha. But yeah, uh, so uh, I think story wise, uh, yeah, that's that definitely one, one of the bigger announcements. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's. I, I always worry that I'm going to flip their names because I feel like I always say them together. But it's. I think it's Mike Jolly and Jay Coster. Is that the? That's right. Okay. Uh, and we've actually, I'm, I'm glad we've published about them on the site before. So hopefully for readers, they were semi-familiar with Jigo Shop and, and sort of that e-commerce plugin and what was going on there. And the news of it, which you probably read it on the site, I'm not going to recap. You can go onto the site and, and find all that. That's still um, pretty easy to find. Uh, WooThemes hired those two and forked Jigo Shop, and that's going to become WooCommerce when they are, are um, when it's ready to be released. That's what they're working on right now. So it's a pretty big deal because uh, WooCommerce, they've been kind of teasing it and talking about it for a while in Shop. I mean, what's it been? It's probably been four to six months that, you know, since that's really started to, to kind of really come out and shine. That sounds about right. Yeah. So definitely big news. Um, you know, was for, for WooThemes, you know, probably the bigger news is hiring um, uh, Mike and Jay just because they're, you know, um, obviously two talented WordPress developers. That's a big addition to their team. But the story kind of quickly became, or at least in comments and responses online, kind of a, an interesting uh, discussion about sort of the ethics of forking software. Like, obviously, and, and this is sort of, uh, you know, where everybody has to start if it's going to be an interesting conversation, I think. You have to start with the understanding that what they did is entirely, like, legal, legit. Like, there's nothing at all shady about what they did. It's an open source. Jigoshop is an open source project. Like, if you want to fork it, you can't. The interesting side of it that, that I saw people talking about was, I guess, how, <laughs> uh, how ethically sound is it? You know, nobody really questioned the, lega the legality of it, but the ethical side of it is what uh, tended to be the conversation starter. So what, um, I, haven't, I don't think I've actually talked, I've, I've done a lot of collecting other people's thoughts on this and kind of moderating comments and seeing things kind of explode. It's really just been the last week or so. Uh, what do you think, Brian? What, what's your initial reaction to it all? I guess I definitely understand uh, where Woo was coming from. They have been working on WooCommerce for a long time, and uh, I think they had some contracting issues. They tried to contract out some of the work uh, multiple times to solid developers, and I think they were having problems being able to get return on on that development uh, that they were investing in. So they were looking for some e-commerce options. I don't think very many people knew that they were actually shopping out uh, solutions that were already built. Uh, in, in the comments that came up, I think Dan Millward mentioned that they had talked to him a little bit, uh, and uh, I don't remember if any of the other uh, e-commerce options out there were, were on the table for them, but uh, Jigashop, you know, it's it's a young e-commerce uh, solution for WordPress, but uh, it was getting a lot of really positive reviews. Uh so it, it kind of made sense for WooThemes to talk to them, and you know I don't I don't fault them for wanting to to fork it so that they could make it their own. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the biggest issue is where people are concerned that uh, they're forking something that was under active development. 
but there's definitely there's no argument as far as what they can do. It's just a matter of whether somebody thinks it's ethical or not. And right, whether it's ideal, whether it's the best case. Right, and I don't know that it is the best case, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure Wu has a lot of things up their sleeve that they'd like to do, and they'd like to take. Uh, something like Jigashop and make it their own into WooCommerce, which mm-hmm. they, we know they've wanted to do that for a long time. Sure. So over time, they'll probably become very different products. And, uh, you know, the way uh, e-commerce works, they'll be able to share certain things that they see. They're both going to be open source. It seems It seems WooCommerce is also going to be uh, free at its base, which I, I thought yeah. was interesting. And that kind of surprised me, actually. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Right. I thought it'd be... Uh, part of a paywall. Which, I mean, it. at the same time, uh, I'm pretty sure their WooTumblog plugin is free, right? That's a, yeah, that's that's a good a, point. A dot or so maybe they're, you know, but, you know, still, until they announce it's free, you don't really know which way it's going to be. I, I think almost, almost, almost using the, like, almost saying that it's an ethical discussion is too strong. It's almost, it's, it's a, it's a question of maybe what's appropriate or what's uh, polite. Like, it's, it's almost like the manners of forking. Um, because ethically, like it, it feels, it feels a bit, it feels a bit much to question, like whether something's, you know, morally wrong that they've done. It's more, it's more about, okay, was it, uh, cause j- j- forking in general, I mean, the WordPress itself is a fork of B2. Right. Uh, of course, when it was forked from B2, B2 was at the time, at least, uh, you know, a mostly quiet project. Like the, the developer had sort of disappeared and, um, the actual creation of WordPress was sort of the resuscitation of the B2 project, and they forked and went a different direction with it. Uh, it's actually reminded me of another forking that happened during this. Is you know, I guess we could talk about it, but it's kind of it's a little bit old news at this point. The um, uh, Tim Thumb security issue that happened a few weeks back mm-hmm. uh, when what was his name? The developer who originally found it, because ben I don't have Jill the stories. Banks. Uh, well, Ben, yeah, Ben Gilbanks is the Gilbanks. well current. Is it Gilbanks or Jill Banks? I don't know. I don't know either. I got to find that out. It's hard when you don't talk to people about it. You don't, you don't know. No, the original developer found it. Hold on, let me find um, Tim Thumb, the developer who who found the security, uh, Mark Maunder, oh, who right. is the CEO of Fidget. So he was the one who originally discovered and told Ben about it and then ended up blogging about it once it was uh, fixed and people could get a, a fix for it. Um, but after sort of a week after all of it went down or in the week, in the few days after it went down, he decided to fork Tim Thumb. I believe it may, he made it Word Thumb, right? Yeah, I think so. And that happened for the course of, I think, two or three days until they decided to kind of merge the projects back together. So I think, I, I guess I think of that when I think about the manners of forking, because in that case, he forked it. You know, he said to kind of do a whole rewrite of it and make it more secure. And then I believe it was uh, Mullen, Matt Mullenweg, actually, who pinged them on, on Twitter and said, you know, hey, that's not really the ideal way. It'd be nice to contribute it back rather than forking in a different direction. Well, it's similar to that, I think. But, you know, those were going th- – those had the same uh, end game. So both of them wanted to be able to handle images in WordPress in pretty much the exact same way. Sure. Uh, forking would have been more a branding thing. Uh, that would have been the second part of that, you know, right. to get away from the t- idea of Tim Thumb and call it Word Thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, as Tim Thumb kind of picked up a bad name there for a couple of weeks with the uh, security flaw. Mm-hmm. 
I think that relates to Woo Themes and Jigga Shop more than the other because I think Woo Themes is going to take Woo Commerce a different direction. I mean, they're going to yeah. integrate some of their own uh, own ideas into it. So they will. I'm sure a year from now they'll be very different products. Uh, but I think the other big advantage for Woo Themes for why they, you know, their reasoning for forking versus uh, contributing to Jigga Shop is. Uh, branding and they want to create WooCommerce. Uh, they they're very much a, a solution type of theme company with uh, Fault Press and mm-hmm. some of their other other themes that they create. And actually, that's I think Mike and Jay had already previously freelanced with Woo Themes to, to create Fault Press, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they worked with them for that. Well, so I just, I, yeah, I see WooCommerce as something that they want to create as a solution and kind of a woo theme solution not just a mm-hmm. wordpress solution which jigga shop is aiming for well and I, I think what you said is true i think the i think the best thing to do is to reserve judgment on it until time passes because if a year from now like woocommerce is its own thing which like you said i, I think it will i think that's what they plan on doing with it and there's no reason they wouldn't uh then forking like no problem. If it is not very distinguishable, distinguishable from it, and it's and it's merely a brand, then I think it's a different thing. But I, I don't expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that did happen, then I think sort of the the you know politeness of the forking would come into question. Where yeah, okay, you forked it, but what did you really do with it? You know, I, I think I think we will definitely do something worthwhile with it. Yeah, I do think the people that were angry just because hey, you forked something that's an active project. I don't think that's necessarily fair uh, because they're basically making that judgment, in my opinion, just because uh, it's a big thing. Because, I mean, we all fork stuff all the time for Mm -hmm. development. Sure. You know, we see something that somebody's created and we say, man, I need that. Uh, I just need it to be slightly different or I don't want it as a plug-in. I want to build it into this theme that I'm creating for a client. Mm -hmm. Uh, And per the GPL, we can take it, we can put it in, we can include their license or copyright or whatever they've got in there, and we're done. And that's effectively forking something. And sure. that's what Themes is doing. I mean, they're forking a product. Right. The but, only reason it gets more scrutiny is because they are who they are, right? Because yeah, what they do has, like, it makes ripples. Exactly. So it gets more attention. Um, you know, and, and it's not like they're forking it Right off the bat, it sounds like there was a number or a bit of negotiation between uh, Woo Themes and Jigo Shop for, you know, it sounds like at one point some sort of a buyout, at one point then a collaboration or partnership, but it didn't sound like anything really worked out. So if they want to use it and they can use it, then, you know, that seems perfectly fine. That seems like the, the way you should go, right? I mean, if, if you right. can't work something out without forking, then it's time to fork. I think another part of the controversy may have been that, hey, they hired uh, Mike and Jay off of Jigashop, so they took mm-hmm. the two lead developers off of Jigashop. But, you know, Mike and Jay were, I think, freelancers for Jigashop. I don't think they were employees of Jigawatt. And I, I, well, I, I thought so too. I read, I think it was in uh, the comments of Yostavalk's uh, blog post about it that they, they confirmed, said, no, they were full-time for them. Okay, but they'd been but, freelancers in the past. Well, sure, and they'd worked uh, with Woo in the past. And, yeah, and they, they had a relationship with Woo Themes. It wasn't like they were stealing them cold. No, I mean, well, hey, and, they're, they're, they're grown-ups. They're adults. They can do what they right. want. Exactly. And, 
So I think I think that was a little overblown. Not to mention, I mean, they've been trying to get WooCommerce out for so long and had so many frustrations. I'm sh- if I was 80, I would want to do the same thing. If I'm going to fork something, mm-hmm. I want to pull the people that have the most intimate knowledge of what I'm forking yeah. as well, especially if I have a previous working relationship with them. So I, I, I think it was probably a smart business decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and that brings up what I think is another part of the discussion to be had, which is should uh, should the should should there be I don't want to put this. I mean, I guess since it's going to assuming that it stays a plugin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and which it sounds like it will. I mean, like you said, with their fault price and other things, there's no way of telling really until it's complete and, and available and published whether it becomes a theme or stays a plugin that easily um, integrates with a theme. But uh, I guess, do we want theme developers to take on things that maybe are best left for plugin developers? Like, do we want, like WooThemes is really good at themes and they have WooTom blog and, and if they're good at themes, it's all code. They're probably uh, uh, good at, would be good at plugins as well. But you know, carry this through. Do we want to, should WooThemes then, pick, you know, should they start or, or fork their own, um, you know, contact form stuff or their own event management plugin or their own, you know what I mean? Like do, is it not, should we not see theme developers supporting plugins that already exist versus starting up their own? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to pigeonhole WooThemes into just themes. Sure. Uh, of course, their name is Woo Themes, but <laughs> right. yeah. um, I mean, as part of this, they did bring in uh, Minaraf or whatever, Min- however you say I, it. I was trying to. Say, I think it's. I think it would it would be it would have to be Minaraf because it's just giraffe with the min put in front of it. Yeah, we'll call it Minaraf. Minaraf, yeah. So they they brought that under the Woo Themes umbrella, so WooCommerce could be managed under that. But even if it's not, I mean, I'm not going to tell uh, a theme shop they can't create plugins, you know, uh, sure. iThemes has plugin buddy and, mm-hmm. uh, you could consider that different divisions of the iThemes team and, yeah, you know, I just, to each their own, if they want to, if they want to create themes and plugins, they can do that. How closely they tie in their plugins and their themes is going to be uh, a business decision really. Sure. But I think most of the time you're going to benefit if your plugins can be used outside of just your themes. Uh, right. And that'll be key is, is whether it stays, whether WooCommerce stays a, a plugin or whether it kind of morphs into a, a theme only thing. Yeah. And uh, I imagine time will tell. Yeah. Time, time will tell, but I imagine the smarter business decision, business decision would be to, uh, allow it to be fairly easily integrated into any WordPress theme. I believe so too. I'm sure that's what'll happen. Okay. You know, <laughs> The funniest thing, I, I guess, to close on this one, uh-huh. the, the funniest thing I thought was everybody, uh, like there are a dozen posts about this is what I think about the uh-huh. Woo Themes Jigga Shop controversy. And there are all these like individual opinion posts. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was entertaining. What did you think about that? Have you seen uh, that before? Um, you know, I mean, I think I think there was a little bit. It's only when people do. It's it's only. It's, it's only certain things, and and it, we say this sometimes about posts on WP Candy. Some things that get you know fifteen or more comments, and some things that maybe only get two or none. And sometimes it's just you know you never really know until you see it. You know, I'm I'm really because of that. I don't think I'm very good at predicting what people are going to get really passionate about and what they're not. Uh, in this case, it's probably 
I don't know. I don't know. I think I think e-commerce and WordPress are sort of a touchy subject for people. So anything that you know touches in that area is going to get them worked up. Maybe uh, the last time I re- remember seeing stuff like this, well, Tim Thumb generated quite a bit of conversation. Uh, I feel I feel like the release of Jetpack might have too, mm. but honestly, it doesn't happen that often. I, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides new releases of WordPress or something like that. Yeah, I just found it entertaining. All the blog posts that oh, it's definitely uh, entertaining. Popped up. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got thoughts. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, got a handful of things. We've got the version control. Yeah. I guess it's my turn to pick. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk version control a little bit because this isn't. This it's not necessarily my uh, wheelhouse or anything like that. But it's interesting to me. Um, the wasn't so much news. I think it's just a link on the site, but you can find it in the last couple of days of posts. Uh, Alex King, who runs Crowd Favorite, which is a theme plugin development shop, they're kind of they kind of do a, a collection of different things. They made the collective decision to stop uh, doing their primary development using Subversion on WordPress.org and to start doing it on GitHub, uh, which they said they made the decision, or, or Alex King said he made the decision because of the sort of stronger and, and growing community on GitHub. Although they'll still be maintaining, they'll still kind of push the, the new releases over to WordPress.org's uh, SVN as well, but they're going to be keeping primary stuff on GitHub now. Um, I think that's interesting. Uh, I, I think it makes total sense. Have you, uh, I don't, I mean, this is not something I do a lot of. I just kind of pay attention to all of it. I mean, have you messed at all with version control before? Um, I have. Originally, I installed uh, SVN when I had a PC. I actually haven't done much on my Mac since I got that a couple of months ago as far as version control. But I kind of agree with them. Uh, GitHub seems to be the place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a social coding atmosphere. Yeah. I actually, I listened to a... Mixer G podcast, mm-hmm. Andrew Warner's uh, podcast, where he interviewed Tom Preston uh, Warner, who's the founder or co-founder of GitHub, and it's actually the same guy that created Gravatar. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so his uh, his project that he had done that basically cost him money was when he created Gravatar and he sold it to Automatic. Huh. Uh, but his next project after that where he wanted to make some money uh, and also solve a problem was GitHub. And it was a really intriguing podcast. I'd recommend people go listen yeah. to that. Uh, but he, I understand it. It's definitely a play. It's, it's designed and developed in a way to where it encourages developers to get involved in each other's projects, to fork each other's projects, to download them and change them and – if I did version control again, which I know I'm going to, I think I'm actually going to be working on a project, uh, a side project with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to be using the probably private repository to do so. So maybe I can report back on how successful it is. But I think there's a Mac app for it that basically gives it like a visual, you know, super easy UI. Um, and I, th- I don't know. It just seems like a pretty good way to go right now. It's definitely the hot spot. Yeah, it seems like it is. I mean, uh, I've used it a little bit here and there. Honestly, probably more private stuff than than public, uh, just to sort of get into the habit of, of using version control. I was never drawn towards subversion. Uh, just sort of learned what I needed to to, to work with WordPress. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, I think the, you definitely can't 
WordPress.org and what it, and what it can offer in the extend section and you know, um, finding people's subversion repos and things like that. It's definitely different than what you can get on GitHub. You know, GitHub's uh, like you said, social coding. It's it's far more social. So I don't know. I, I it's not just Alex King. I see a lot of WordPress developers using it. Um, yeah, actually, Jigashop. Uh, they keep their entire plugin on GitHub, and You're right. yeah. that's where a lot of their future development is going to be coming from as well. Hmm. Yeah, so just kind of interesting. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some more social stuff coming to the Word, to WordPress.org, to the uh, um, to the extend section to plugins and themes in the future. There's already, I mean, there have I'd been some movements lately, nothing big. But what was it? There's a uh, this was probably a month or two back. Um, I might even talk to. I don't think. I think this was after the podcast we did with Otto. But um, there are now emails that you get whenever a plugin a plugin that you have committed access to is changed. Like you get a, a, a diff email that tells you what was changed. But you know, if, if it goes the WordPress way, odds are things are going to go the direction of emails and mailing lists before they go the direction of you know, sort of comments around diffs and things that, that yeah. GitHub can do. I'd like to see, I think it'd be interesting if, if WordPress was on uh, GitHub. Uh, there's other big projects. I think all of jQuery's uh, development mm-hmm. is based on GitHub and HTML5 boilerplate and mm-hmm. a bunch of large projects. Um, I, I don't think there's any question WordPress could go that route, and I wonder if maybe there'd be more developers that got involved if it if it did go that way. That's a probably a big question, honestly. Um, I, I know the subversion method is one of the barriers to entry for me. I, I wouldn't really want to uh, go through all that's required to do that. Sure. Well, I mean, there's, I think there's no question that, that GitHub is far more inviting than Track is. Yeah. Uh, you know, easier to, to navigate, um, you know, makes more sense. Uh, it looks a lot better. Um, so why are they on subversion? <laughs> Well, I mean, at this point, I, I think uh, if I had to guess, and I'm, I'm not, like I said, not real versed in this to know, this would be something I'd, I'd be interested in, in asking uh, one of the lead developers about. But my understanding is that, you know, there's just so much history there with Subversion that would be lost moving it over. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think Otto's commented on that before. Okay. Uh, I, and and I, I've read it from one of them, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it'd be... A difficult migration, to say the least, uh, and they might lose some data permanently. So, you know, maybe a, a co-development environment where you merge the two, like uh, Crowd Favorites doing. Maybe that's possible in the future with WordPress. But I don't know. Maybe we should bug some people to see if that's in the in the plan. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be an interesting one to poke around. I think I think that question. I think you nailed it with that one question. Would, which would be the compelling reason to look at it. Would being on GitHub significantly influence or, or increase the number of developers interested in, in working on WordPress. And if I it think does, it could. Yeah. And if yeah. it does, then long term isn't that isn't that worthwhile. Right. Hmm. All right. Well that was that was my pick. What what's what, what what story you want to talk about next? Well I was just saying speaking of uh, crowd favorite and version control oh, there you go. kind of a jump over to the deployment side of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Mullenweg mentioned it in his uh, state of state of the word, word yeah. uh, address, and I think we actually covered it a little bit before that. Maybe no, we didn't. I, no, I we my... actually didn't. We didn't cover it before. We got real late on it. Actually, it was just about a week ago that, that 
uh, post went up about it. I actually remember it came out. I put it into our uh, our ticketing system yeah. that we use for posts, and then because I'm such a failure, I didn't post about it. Like I didn't post about anything. Well, I didn't want to call you out here on the podcast, but <laughs> I think clearly. I even assigned it to myself. <laughs> I didn't even make it open. I said I'm yeah. writing this, and then yeah. I never about it. No, no, it was it's it's just one of those that this happens every once in a while. Um, you know, there's there's one post that just sort of gets gets you know, unfortunately ignored for a while. And this was a really cool, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool, um, plugin. It's called ramp. Do we say, did you say what it was? I think you said what it was. Yeah, it's called ramp and it stands for rapid something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it's a, well, it's an acronym, which I'm unfortunately, unfortunately it loses some cool points for being an acronym, but it's okay. I'm an acronym fan. Uh, you know, I don't even think because I just pulled it up here. I don't even think I spelled out the acronym. You did um, in, I in the had, post. I had your post up, and I was <laughs> I, I went to it as a source, and you failed me miserably. I, I did. It shows how important it was to me uh, at that. So did you pull? I'm trying to see if somebody else did. No, they I, have it spelled out on their product page. I'm on it, and I can't find it. I swear, you know what? It might have been on Alex King's blog where he said it. Probably, but anyway. So Ramp is a uh, content deployment system for WordPress, and it seems very interesting. Uh, basically, you can uh, be working in your development environment and selectively deploy uh, all within the WordPress administration to the live site, and you can uh, crawl back if you need to or revert or whatever you would call that and do a whole bunch of things and uh, you don't have to deploy everything. You don't have to do a bunch of database dumping. It it just seems really clean and easy. Uh, I'd lo- I'd love to try it. I don't like the hundred dollar per site price tag. I mm-hmm. guess if you're building thousand uh, dollar or many thousands of dollar sites, it's not a big price to pay. But it is on the pricier side as far as uh, WordPress solutions goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean the uh, crowd favorite is definitely. I mean they they maintain sort of their pricing level across all their stuff. I think that's fairly consistent within their, oh. you know, their products. But yeah, um, uh, so yeah, ramp is neat. It's it, like you said, it's version control, but for content, and it yeah. actually touches all content. It's not just posts and pages. It's users. It's uh, you know widget content. Um, I think links are in there. If for whatever reason you're still using the WordPress link system, I can't imagine why, but if you still are, that's in there too. <laughs> yeah, I do think uh, I, I'd love to try it. It's it's a hole in WordPress, in my opinion, for in a multi-site environment. If you're just copying, say, a, a, a sub-site and creating a new one from it, mm-hmm. I can use the Replicator plugin from mm-hmm. um, WP eBooks. But as far as going straight from development to uh, live environment, this definitely plugs a hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, you, you see people talk about it all the time, you mm-hmm. know, how, how do I take, you know, what I've worked on for my client or what I've done locally, just playing around. How do I move that over consistently? And this, uh, you know, it, I mean, this isn't for themes and plugins and everything. This is just for content. But then again, right. All of the solutions that do themes and plugins aren't necessarily going to do content in this way. So, sure, uh, it's a solid option for sure. Okay, 
I think that's probably it for that. It's it's a, a worth mm-hmm. it's it's worth plugging. It's it's a pretty neat plugin. So a month and a half ago, or whenever we did the last podcast, remember I was talking about uh, what I'd like to see in WordPress, and uh, um, one of those has come okay. to come to fruition. Oh, which one? I'm going to pretend. Uh, oh, that one. Oh, that one that I totally remember you talking about. <laughs> which one is that? Well, you actually. We knew they'd been working on it, but we weren't sure if it'd get in. But uh, seems somebody committed the uh, permalink performance issue to 3.3. So we will be seeing that in the future. And um, the problem basically here is, and I'm, a lot of our listeners probably already know it, but right now if you just use the postname permalink structure, structure, so if it's just, you know, example.com slash postname, there was a chance for a performance issue there if you had a whole lot of pages, like more than 50 or 100 pages, and you were using the postname permalink structure, uh, you could have some issues based on the way WordPress uh, identified your URLs. Uh, they've changed that, and in addition to changing that, I think they've actually defined just example.com slash uh, postname as the uh, – one of the standard settings. Yeah, that's, at, to me, that's the coolest part of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that not, like, basically in, I mean, it, it had been a ticket and kind of been worked on uh, for months, actually, for like six months it was there, and they said, okay, we want to fix this, we want to, you know, because for a long time, the standing, sort of the standing order whenever it came up was, yeah, don't use that. Yeah, when it comes to permalink structures, just don't use only postname. And, they, and that would... You know, the developers would say that in comment threads. There were posts about it. It was just sort of a given that, nah, just stay away from this particular uh, structure. And then, you know, six months of on and off development, and then one week, I think it was actually uh, just a few days before San Francisco, they had sort of a core developer hack day. And just, you know, sort of three or four minds got together. Somebody had an epiphany. And and now, in 3.3, it's not only acceptable to use it, but it comes right under the, the rest of the options as far as like a recommended permalink structure. Yeah, I think that's really good. That's pretty wild. You yeah. should probably get some credit. It looks like Andy Skelton, uh, mm-hmm. Samuel Wood or Otto, as most of us know him, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Jaquith and John Cave were the ones that worked on the ticket. Um, so, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, good for WordPress so that that common question or complaint goes away. Absolutely. It's very, it's very neat. And it's good because we actually use on WP Candy sort of a form of that. So nice to see the improvement, or nice to see the performance improve. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, I, I did want to mention, this is just sort of a cool story. It's, I mean, I'm glad that we're able to talk about it now that um, everything's okay. So a couple days after, just sort of in quick summary, a couple days after um, Word, WordCamp San Francisco, uh, WordPress core contributor named Todd Dunbar got into an accident, um, and he's he's okay now. He was um, you know recovering at home. He's he's fine. Uh, well, not fine. I mean, he's he's you know hurting. He's in pain. But I mean, he lived through an accident. It's actually he gets some major badass points for it. Um, <laughs> I think that's you know looking in a good light. Uh, but as far as um, WordPress community goes kind of interesting and in, in a couple you know once everybody found out what had happened to him some people got together I think uh, uh, Corey Miller uh, Amanda Bloom um, 
I'm failing on it. Uh, uh, David Bissett, he was on top of things. He lives in Florida, um, near where Pattaya is uh, right now. And they all sort of got together, organized with the family, and put up a site. It's actually still up. It's getwellpatah.com. Uh, I think so. I don't think it's .org. Mm-hmm. I think it's .com. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, set it up and said, we want to raise uh, six grand to cover some costs that we know he's going to have. You know, some hospital stuff. He's a freelancer like a lot of us are. And uh, sort of opened it up to the community. I, I sort of caught wind that it was going to happen. And I, I remember kind of telling somebody, you know, they want to raise six grand. I was like, I think, and I actually underestimated it. I said that it'll probably take them maybe 24 hours to get that. And they'll probably get a whole lot more. Little do you know. I was way off. It took about, and this is just how awesome the WordPress community is. It took 90 minutes and they raised like, it was like 6,000 plus dollars. It was over how much was needed. Yeah, it's like 6,500. Yeah, something like that, which is which is nuts. I mean, I, I haven't done the math on what that is per minute that it was up, but that's pretty impressive. And that was at like, I mean, I'm on the on Eastern time. I think it was like 8 or 9 o'clock when it went up. It was in the evening. It wasn't, you know, sort of prime time publishing, middle of the day right. sort of thing. Uh, so pretty cool. They shut it down uh, because they didn't want to raise more money than they knew he needed. Right. Uh, and equally cool since then, just actually pulling it up so I... Uh, there's now a dinner calendar on GetWell, which actually it's worth a post. I should get a post up today about this, uh, where you can sort of reserve a time and actually like order and have food sent to Pata where he is uh, recovering. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's nice to see stuff like that. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh, it's pretty incredible to see the WordPress community do that uh, and pull behind somebody uh, the way they did. Absolutely. Be, uh, and definitely yeah. awesome that Pataev managed to go through a taxi window and <laughs> no kidding, yeah, uh, get out of the ICU in under a week. <laughs> no kidding, uh, that's like I said, it's pretty pretty awesome. So uh, cool stuff. That's getwellpataev.com, and you can go now and buy Pataev dinner. Whew. And I think how are we doing on time? Got a couple minutes. Yeah, Probably want to start wrapping. Sure. Um, Let's, uh, hey, we have uh, picks, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll I'll make my pick something that uh, I'd never really played with before. I'd always created just custom meta boxes the old way where mm-hmm. you're making your own callbacks and doing all the nasty stuff, and a simple little meta box could be pretty annoying. Sure. Um, working on a client site where there was a pretty complicated structure required i was going to need to have the option to uh add multi-fields and i don't know do some stuff that would have been pretty challenging and and longhand would have taken me quite some time uh, and getting started was slow with the solution i went with but once i figured it out and how to structure it in my theme and uh and plugins and whatnot uh wp alchemy was a really cool Hmm. Uh, method to use and uh, WP Alchemy is basically a Metabox class uh, so <laughs> it, it might only last so long that I use this because rumor has it uh, a Metabox class might make it into 3.3 so that uh, creating these won't be such a pain uh, the long way but it's about it's a five guy his name is uh, Demas is that how you say his name? 
D I M A S. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so anyway, he's uh his his website is farinspace.com and he creates the WP Alchemy MetaBox there. And I used it. Uh, I created quite a few MetaBoxes with it. It's very very cool once you get it up and you learn how to use it. It goes pretty quickly. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got my MetaBoxes put together with a bunch of different fields. You know, I got ten or twelve. Um, areas of custom metadata and uh, it worked quite well so I would I would recommend it very cool I, I've I've dabbled with it before or at least look at looked into it. Um, it it definitely you have to cross that threshold of having so many items that make sense to work with their class right. I'm not sure what that is if it's somewhere between five and ten uh, items or whatnot. I think each time I looked at it, I was like, well, I really have three or four here. I can handle this. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, if you've just got a simple meta box and maybe one or two text input fields, just go the traditional route. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you've got something that's more complex, uh, drop downs, selects, uh, radio buttons, uh, multi selects, some more, you know, more complicated things, it can definitely be a time saver. My only recommendation would be that this guy gets some forums, man. He's got about three or four blog posts that serve as all of the documentation and also for all the comments that people have made. So there's uh, on one of these posts, there's like 750 comments. On another wow. one, I think there's 1,000. And it's extremely difficult to navigate those. Even searching Google, it really doesn't like to go to the right comment page. Sure. Uh, but there's, I'm sure, tons of good information that could help people solve problems. So I wish he had forums, but oh well. Maybe somebody can convince him to just export his comments table and throw them in yeah. a single file. That'd be nice. Yeah, there you go. So what's your pick? My pick is, uh, this is like the Alex King show. Uh, it's actually a, a plug-in of Alex King's that I think he either just updated or released recently. Uh, that's why I caught wind of it. It's called Drafts Dropdown which is, uh, I'm actually using it on WP Candy right now. It's, it's a nice, simple, admin-only thing that, you know, not everybody will actually see, but kind of tweaks the dashboard a little bit. And all it does is it adds to the WordPress admin bar a drafts option, so that if you're on the front end of the site, for instance, and, and you press drafts, or you click drafts, it sort of drops down and shows you all of your draft items that you're, that you're working on. Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is pretty cool. It's just a nice way to kind of pull it up and see what's being worked on, um, what's left to go. I've, I find that I've started using it to, <laughs> I guess, use drafts properly because when I first turned it on and it, you know, kind of it slid down, it has a nice little like slide down effect. I don't know if you if you can see it or not on the yeah, side. I'm looking at a screenshot right now. Oh, okay, so it kind of slides down into that. And the first time I did it, there it was there. There are three columns. And sort of once those three columns are filled, it sort of doesn't show the rest of them. It doesn't expand to show everything. It just shows the first, you know, 20 or 30, I guess. <laughs> and, like, it was all full for me. Um, I don't think there's very many people that are going to have a problem with filling prob out. Well, but, you know, I, I uh, yeah. Maybe, I mean, if you just sort of drop ideas into your blog and then write them later, then then maybe. But, yeah. uh, no, the first thing I was able to do is, I mean, it, it pulls in, and this is actually kind of neat, it pulls in all post types that are drafts. So oh. it actually pulls in draft posts, draft pages, and then if you have other post types that you use, it pulls those in as well. So it was a little bit of clutter from some of the extra post types we have on the site. Uh, so I, I actually modified the plugin to limit it to only posts, 
um, which is fine because it's a really simple tweak to make and the query that he has, it'll be easy to do each time the plugin's updated. But uh, I find that since I've started using it in order to keep that list smaller, I'm using drafts probably a, in a better way instead of just sort of having this huge collection of sort of backlog drafts that I'll probably never touch. I'm being a lot more ruthless clearing those out and actually only using drafts for like the posts I'm going to publish in that 24 hour period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you mentioned, we have, you know, and I use, it's sort of a ticketing system for posts and that's for, you know, okay, we've got these 50 posts that need to be done. And then the drafts now are sort of my, here are the 10 that are going to happen today. And so it's sort of like a second, a secondary sort of to do area. Like after they've been filtered, these are the most important ones. And then I can kind of hack away at that. So it's kind of, you know, it just shows that the smallest plugins can sometimes do some really cool things. Yeah. I think this might be useful for two, two types of uh, users. Somebody like you that writes an insane, insane amount. An insane person, a lunatic. The other thing I think it might be interesting for is instead of, like if you're in a development environment, instead of publishing a bunch of blank content posts and pages, you could just put them in draft mode. Uh, mm -hmm. And that way, as you get your content input for your whatever posts and pages, you'll hand off you know, pre-filled to a client. Uh, you could have more of a front-end way of knowing, hey, what still needs to be checked off the list. That's actually, yeah, that's a neat idea. I mean, in that sense, there could be, and I haven't checked, I mean, Alex King has so many plugins, he might actually already have this, but, I mean, you could have a pending drop-down, you could have special status drop-downs. Sure. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard to edit, like you said. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the smallest thing, and you could have Yeah, I like that. as many as, as you want, but uh, cool. So, there you go, traps drop-down. Um, I think that pretty much does it, right? Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that I might say the announcement. I, I think I'm not going to. I think the more that I think about it, it'll be better. Because as soon as I get into it, it's going to take, I'll probably end up, uh, along with the announcement tomorrow, I'll probably have a um, at least audio. It'll probably be a video just kind of talking through it. Uh, because it is going to be, you know, a significant um, addition to the site that I think uh, uh, it should be, should get some reactions from it. So, Yeah, well, I'm excited a, about it. For yeah, now, we'll fun. have to call it... Uh, Redacted number two after <laughs> yeah. prose was redacted. Exactly. Before. We talked about prose before, and now we're talking about uh, this before. Well, that means you have to uh, publish this podcast today, then. It is. The pressure, the, the, the pressure is on. I've got and for any, 10 hours. Yeah, and for any uh, listeners, we'll know that Ryan failed. If, uh, if you're you hear this after the announcement. Yeah, today's August 31st, so if you hear this <laughs> in the month of September, then you know that uh, Ryan's really sucked it up. I, and you know what? And they, and they know by now to expect that. So that's <laughs> yeah. good. You, you just work on lowering those expectations as far as you can. Well, you work on that. I'll see if I can maybe, you know, write a post or two every hey, now and then. Hey, you know what? Yeah, it's a simple thing. <laughs> just ask. Just ask. Yeah. So. All, right. All right, Brian, you have a good day, and uh, we'll, we'll get another one of these soon. Uh, All less right. than two months soon. Okay. All right. See you, everybody.